0: Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. This podcast hosts the weekly Sunday service message from Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York, pastored by Kristen Joan Wood. We hope this resource encourages, challenges, and helps you in your journey with God. So whether you're driving, washing dishes, or sitting in your living room, let's prepare our hearts together as we hear the word of the This message that I have this morning, you know, it started out as a as a word of encouragement for 2021, and, and then uh, 2020 had a way of just blowing things up, and uh, it seems like it just continues to blow things up, but still, I feel like I, I just need to bring this word as a word for, of perspective for all of us here this morning. I know it is for me, it's been a word of perspective for me, because we are living In uh, very strange times. We're in a strange season, a real challenging season. I would say for probably every one of us in this room, whether it be to do with the pandemic and uh, the virus that we've been dealing with and all of the consequences that come with that, or the political climate that uh, we are presently in and have been in for. Uh, the last four plus years, Uh, all of it just seems to be swirling. It's just this swirling, and and then you topple on top of that global issues. You know, the global issues are not going away just because we're having national issues. Uh, So globally, things are just what they are, and it's just swirling. It just seems to be swirling all around us. And I was reminded, as I was thinking about this, that, you know, there was a prophet by the name of Elijah, that um, was listening for the voice of the Lord. He wanted to discern the voice of the Lord. And after he had confronted the prophets of Baal, there was this, this uprising against that confrontation. And he ran for the mountains to get away from that confrontation. And many of you might be familiar with what I'm referring to. And it says as he was in this cave waiting on the Lord, it says there was a a strong wind that began to blow and there was an earthquake that began to shake and and there was a fire that that just came and it says and in all of those experiences the lord his voice did not speak but it was in the still small voice and i think In the midst of all of the swirling and in the midst of all of the upheaval and in the midst of all of the challenges, as we seek to know what we are to do personally, what we are to do uh, going forward, we need to be stopping long enough to hear the still small voice of the Lord. What is the Lord saying? What is He declaring? And I would just want to suggest to you that in the midst of all of this swirling and in the midst of all of this upheaval and in the midst of all of this that there is a convergence that is about to happen into which Jesus is going to show up and He is ultimately going to receive all of the glory. Now I'm not declaring the second coming. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is in the midst of all of this upheaval at some point the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord is going to be seen. And He's going to come forth in strength, and He's going to come forth in power. And my resolve in all of this is to be positioned properly to join Him when He arises. And so let me just say this to us. The way out of this is not going to be through any special gifting or wisdom or anointing. The way out of this is not going to be because we suddenly become smart and, and, and we know what to do. The way out of this is going to be by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. That's how we're getting out. And so I want to thank the Lord for that this morning. And I've, I've been thinking about this chapter in preparation uh, for a number of weeks now, pro- probably close to three or four weeks and the verse that I want you to zero in on, and then we're going to bring some context to it, and I'm just going to make some simple applications here this morning for us as we move forward. Verse 11 reads this way, For I know, and that, that to interpret that word know in the Hebrew is a very strong word, and this is the Lord speaking to, a, to the nation of Israel, and He says, For I know, and that word when translated means, I know alone. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I alone know those thoughts, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. What a powerful Prophetic promise. I mean, you've probably seen this prophetic promise on T-shirts or quoted or, or maybe actually hung it on your, your uh, refrigerator once in a while. But, but to understand the context is, is to realize that when Jeremiah prophesied this word, he prophesied this word into very difficult circumstances. Things were not pleasant for Israel when Jeremiah prophesied the heart of God to the people of God. And this prophetic promise that I want you to lean into, and, and I'm leaning into myself, it was prophesied to a people who were in exile in Babylon because of the rebelliousness of their own hearts. And as they are finding themselves in very difficult situations hemmed in on all sides, whether it was political or whatever, they were hemmed in. And yet in the midst of all of that, God speaks to His people. And He says, I don't want you to ever forget how difficult it gets, whether in your life personally or in our life as a congregation or in our life as a nation. No matter how difficult it gets, I want to say this to my people. I have thoughts about you. I have a plan for your life. And it's for your peace and it's for your safety. And there's a future and there's a hope in it. And so, this morning's message to us this morning, in the midst of all that we're going through, is simple this, simply this God's got a plan. Come on, turn to your neighbor and just say that if you can. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. See, now when interpreting a scripture like this, and this is for those of you who are new to the Bible, this is an Old Testament prophetic scripture that not only had application for that day and that hour, but it is an Old Testament prophetic scripture that has application for today. When you interpret the Bible, you need to understand something about interpreting the Bible, and it's simply this. When the Word of the Lord is spoken, and you're looking at a a context like this, you need to understand that it only has one interpretation, and it has an interpretation that is for a specific people at a specific time. And God, in this context, is speaking, the interpretation is, He's speaking to the nation of Israel who's in exile, But the cool thing about the Word of God is that the application of the promises of God can reach out and touch a people as far away as we are from this context. And I just want us to understand something. I want you to understand something about your life. I know I want to understand this about my life that when it comes to everything that is swirling and everything that is happening, that the promise of God, the immediate promise to God, of God is that He's got a plan. He's got a purpose in all of this. He's got a future and He's got a hope and, and it's for peace. It's not for evil is what the prophetic promise says. And so the immediate promise surely has to do with the exiles that as they are facing 70 years in exile, God's saying, I haven't forgot you. I know right where you are, and I have a plan for you. I'm going to bring you all the way through. And the beautiful thing is this was made to the nation of Israel. It wasn't made to all the nations of the world. God had spoken this prophetic promise to a particular people at a particular time. And I believe God is speaking this same promise and many more promises to the people of God today. See, not everyone can pull on the promises of God, only those who are His, only those who belong. See, so when God says to you or says to me, Hey, Chris, you're more than a conqueror through Christ who gives you strength and because He loved you. That promise I can appropriate because I'm His. I've given my heart to the Lord. But if you're here today and you have never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you are living apart from Him, you cannot claim that promise. You have to be His because when He speaks to His people, He has specific prophetic promises that He wants to declare to them so that they might appropriate those promises unto their lives. So let me just encourage something that somebody said to me a long time ago when I was going through a very difficult time in my life. And it was simply this. This is what they said. It was so so simple but so profound. They said, Chris, when your life is upside down, run to the promises of God. And I have tried to appropriate that into my life as I have gone forward in the things of the Lord. So hear it again. For I know alone the thoughts that I think toward you. Close your eyes and let me read that again. For I know alone the thoughts that I think toward you. See, anxiety and fear, if you'll allow it, it can cause you to drop the thing that God has given you or spoken over your life And I just want to say to us this morning, we can't afford to do that. I mean, stop for a minute with me this morning and just think for a moment. What has God said to you? What is the promise that has been spoken over your life? What are the things that the Word of God and the prophetic has spoken over your life? What has He placed in your heart? Don't let anxiety, don't let fear rob you of the promises of God. When things become unsettled in your life, come on, everybody say it to, with me, run to the promises of God. And that's exactly what God is saying to this exiled people. He's saying, listen, there is going to be 70 years of exile. And it's a result of your own outworkings. It's what you've done. Now, don't read too much into that. I'm just... Giving you the context. He says, but in the midst of that, in the midst of all of that upheaval, always remember, and this is, this is such a beautiful expression of the father heart of God, the fatherhood of God that has been expressed through Jesus Christ to each and every one of us, the coming of the Son of God, taking on flesh, dying for our sins, rising from the dead so that we might experience resurrection life. And everything Jesus did was to reveal the Father heart of God. And it's into that that I would speak this prophetic promise that God alone knows the thoughts that He thinks towards you. That's the core issue. It's the core issue for me. It's all about the fatherhood of God in your life and in my life. I know the thoughts that I have for you. Now, he says a couple of interesting things, again, to bring it into context. Prior to announcing this prophetic promise, he says, Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away and pray to the Lord for it for its peace so that you will have peace. And what he's actually saying to them is while you're in captivity if you will do things my way you can actually thrive while in the midst of difficulty. In the midst of strain. In the midst of uncertainty. So pray. For the peace of the city, folks, we need to be praying for the peace of this nation that's being torn apart right now. Now, if we don't, nobody else will. And that's the the command. Now think about it. This command is coming to a nation that is in exile, and he's saying to these people who are going to have to live in exile for 70 years, he says, this is how you're going to thrive and grow even in this difficult situation. Pray for the peace of the city. I've caused you to be carried away captive to it. So while you're there, do it my way. And you will thrive in the midst of it all. And it's into that context as he's sharing that word. Now, think about it. If you had been in exile knowing that, like if it was my age, and I knew that the nation was going into 70 years of exile, I would say, I'm not going to see the fullness of this promise realized in my life. And yet even to that generation, he said to them, pray for the peace of the city. I'm talking about appropriating the prophetic promises of God and standing on the word of God. Like we sang this morning, God, you are my refuge. You are my shield. You are a very present help in time of trouble. And so this great grand, grand promise that God gave to his people I know the thoughts I have for you thoughts of your well-being not your dis- demise this promise came at the most unexpected awkward and 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 time in a people's life, and yet regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the mess, regardless of how hard things had become for them, God was speaking a word that was going to be released in their inner man in the midst of their captivity. And I want you to know, God says, what I'm thinking about you. As you go through, now you might be going through some personal trial right now. There might be things swirling around your life that you feel you've lost complete control of and and you don't know what to do next. It might be in the job realm or it might be in in uh, the health realm, or, you know, it might be in any of those areas that affect us personally. And it's into that that I want you to bring application. Here is what the Lord would say in regards to anything that's swirling in your life right now. He's saying, I want you to know what I'm thinking about you. And I'm thinking really good thoughts about you, about your welfare and your, f- your, your future and, and your well-being. You know, and as I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, God, I just, what are you, what are you thinking about me right now? He says, God, God says, I, Chris, I just, I, I just have some really good thoughts about you. Come on, how many of you can receive that right now? In the midst of all of the swirling. That God would just say to you, Chris, you know, I've really got some good thoughts about you. When I think about you, it's about your welfare and your future and your well-being. And, you know, as I was meditating upon that, I was thinking of, of Psalm 23, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Makes me walk beside the still waters. And then there's that portion where he says, and even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear that evil. Why? Because his rod and his staff, it comforts me. How many of you know what the next verse says? And he prepares a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Chris, I have good thoughts about you. I think about you all the time. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, God's thinking about you right now. Now, think about what what David is saying. Now, how many of you know David went through some rough seas? David went through some rough times, didn't he? And so here is the psalmist writing about the character and the nature of, of, of God being the good shepherd. And he says, even when I'm passing through difficult times, which I would describe, and I don't know if many of you have gone through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of us have. He says, even even when you're going through this, what I want you to understand is my thoughts are so good towards you that I would prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. Now what does that mean? What does the table mean? The table means it's a symbol of communion, of intimacy. I mean when when you sit around the table with your family, what do you do besides eat? You talk and you enjoy one another's company and and, and you're just there and nobody's hopefully in a rush to leave. you just want you just kind of want to linger and and hang out with one another. And, and, and what David is saying in regards to a revelation that he has concerning how God treats him is he's saying, even when I'm going through difficulty, God, you, you are inviting me into communion. You are inviting me into intimacy. You're asking me to be one of your own. You want to bring nourishment and strengthening into my life. Now, I know for me, this meant a lot. The revelation of this meant a lot to me. Because what I found myself doing was I was focusing on everything that wasn't right. I was focusing, I was losing sight of the invitation of the Lord to sit in communion with Him on a regular basis Because I was so focused on everything that was swirling around me. Has anybody been there lately? I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in all of it. And yet in the midst of it, he says, I want you to know what I'm thinking about you, Chris. Would you stop long enough to just meditate and think about it? And I want to just say something to all of us here. I want to say it to you personally, and I want to say it to us as a congregation, and then I want to say it to us as people who are representative of a nation. God is bringing us into something. I don't know what He's bringing us into, but He's bringing us into something. He's bringing you personally into something. It might not have anything to do with what's swirling around us, It might be very personal and it might be the Lord doing something super intimate with you and it's going to be your breakthrough and hallelujah, pursue and go after it. And what God's bringing us into as a church, uh, I don't really know, but I know it's going to be good and I just sense this groundswell of the presence of the Lord. I believe that we are on the threshold of a revival that is just going to break forth in spite of us. And in spite of what we see happening, something is going to be loosed from the heavenlies in the midst of all of this chaos, and guess what's going to happen? No man, no individual, no certain ministry, no particular person is going to be able to take credit for it because it's going to be God and God alone who's going to come in and bring a sweeping revival throughout the land. And you might say, well, Chris, that's just kind of high thinking, isn't it? And and to that I would say, yes, it is. Because I have a God who has a plan. And I have a God who thinks good thoughts about me and His people. And I have a God who is about my welfare and my health and my future and my hope. And I'm not going to let go of that promise for anybody. And so three Simple applications that I want to give you and then we're done. Number one, this is the first thing. And I wrote this to myself in my journal and I just put it there in my notes. I wrote this to myself. It says, Chris, when, when you are in a situation that you can't get out of and you're not in a position to change it, remember you are in a position to find the word of the Lord. You are responsible for it. So let me, let me just say it again, in case you missed it. When you're in a situation that you can't get out of, you're not in a position to change it, remember, you are always in a position to find the Word of the Lord. You, me, your neighbor sitting next to you, you're responsible for that. So if you're, what I mean by that is you're responsible to wait upon the Lord and let Him bring the promise to you. As you pursue him. Now here's here's what I'm going to say to you. And I'm going to burn some people right now. And they're going to be mad at me. But just know I say this out of love. If right now you are having more input. From social media. Than you are from the word of God. And you're feeling discouraged. That's a self-inflicted wound. There comes a time. To close the computer, shut down the TV, get into the presence of the Lord, search out for the Word of God, and don't let all of the swirling control your thinking. Let the Word of God control your thinking. Any of you who are gardeners, when you start a garden, you don't intentionally plant weeds because you know if you plant weeds, you are going to have to deal with the weeds later on. So what do you do? What do you do, Chris? I had to do this before the Lord because, listen, I'm like y'all. I just I, I, I want to know what's going on. I want to hear. And so I'm listening to this and listening to this, and I'm focused on this, and I'm reading this, and I'm watching this. And and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You know what the Lord said to me? I'm, I'm like going down, going down. I'm sinking, I'm sinking. The Lord says, Why are you so discouraged in your soul? Put your hope in God. Right there in my living room, I just went, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what I did? I repented. I repented of entertaining things that were in conflict with the will and purpose of God. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying this to you. In this season where things are swirling, take ownership of the gate of your heart. Only you are in control of what you let in and what you let out. Okay? Number two, be restored to the promise of the Lord. Be restored to the promise of the Lord. Rediscover. Some of us in this room, self-included, needs to rediscover for yourself the joy of communion with God. Not what someone else has experienced. Not what someone else is saying. Discover it on your own. See, the reason Jesus did everything he did was to create A relationship whereby you and me could personally come before Him with confidence. I don't have to rely upon another one's experience. I love to hear the testimonies of what God has done in other people's lives. But I'm not going to rely on their experience when God is saying, I want you to have your own experience in me. That's called communion. Be restored to the promises of God. Listen, don't focus on what's not going right. Refuse to be distracted and hear me today. Find the one whose heart burns for you and be restored back into the place of confidence. There is a God in heaven whose heart burns for you. He has true longings and true desires to be in communion with you. And if you forfeit it, you're the only one to fault for that. And I realized I was allowing so much to clutter my heart that if I didn't gain control of what I was seeing, what I was doing, what I was giving myself to, that I was the one to blame and no one else. And I'm saying, Jesus, I want to find you afresh. I want to find the one whose heart burns for me. I want to be restored back into that place of confidence. And Number three, set your heart to seek the face of the Lord. Set your heart to seek the face of the Lord. Listen to the promise that comes after the prophetic promise. I'll read it, the, the, the whole thing. It says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then, he says, when you latch on to this prophetic promise. That's what the then is about. He says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I, come on, anybody want to say it with me? I will listen to you. And you will seek me. And you will find me. When you search for me with all of your heart. Verse 14, and I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. This is meant to be a normal part of your Christian experience, but critical for you to review and renew. It's like what the Lord said to the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation You're doing a lot of great things. You're doing a lot of great things in the city, you're doing a lot of great things all over the place. But I have this one thing against you you've left your first love. Folks, I'm I'm suggesting that all of this swirling is an opportunity for us all to be restored back into a first love relationship with Jesus. Now watch. How many of you have found yourself praying more? How many of you have found yourself reading the Word more? How many of you have found yourself seeking God's counsel more? Well, that's not to make you like, the know-it-all of the world. What he's trying to say to the church is you're doing a lot of great stuff, but don't leave me. Don't lose your first love. Now, can I ask everyone to stand to your feet? Can I ask the worship team to come on back up? Wherever they are, whoever's here. So we're coming into a new year. We're already into a new year. I don't know if it's a new year. It feels <laughs> it feels like last year. You know, it feels like 2020 just doesn't want to let go. But but he, you know, I I always come into a new year and I always want to just stop and say, "God, what's your plan? What's your focus?" And I know some of you might be thinking nationally, you know, gee, I just want to know what God's doing and what is this all about. And that's okay. Do that. But before you get so focused there, why not bring it down a little bit and realize that that Jesus desires a personal relationship with you. And he wants you to come into an understanding of what his plan is for your life. And there might be people here this morning who came to church because everything is swirling, but you've never come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never asked Him to actually be the Lord and Savior of your life, and you thought the promises applied to you. And I've just got some really bad news to you, that if you are apart from Him, His promises don't apply. That's why He says, I would that all men might be saved. Why does He say that? So that he can have a big church? No. So that you, like I, can enter into the fullness of his promises and the fullness of his love and the fullness of his care and the fullness of his spirit. But if you choose to live apart from God, the promises of God don't apply to you. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. And it's our hope here at Zion Fellowship that if you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, that you would do it today so that the promises of God could be something that you could begin to apply to your life and live out and live through. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come to the Lord. These are not days. This is not the hour for you to play with God. Things are ratcheting up. Things are swirling, and, and I don't anticipate that they're going to die down anytime soon. And you don't want to be away from the Lord right now. You don't want to be going on your own little hike somewhere. You want to be walking hand in hand with the Lord. You want Him leading you. You know, a long time ago, Joan and I adopted Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways. And He will direct the path of your life. Oh, we pray that for you today. So if you're here this morning and you want to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, I would ask you to come to the front so that we could pray with you. There are going to be people spread out across the front to pray for you. But maybe you're here today. And coming into 2021, you just need to be restored back into a confidence before God. Maybe you didn't have such a good year last year. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord, but you've not been walking with any sense of intensity. You've been a little passive. You've been a little apathetic in your walk with God. And and you're saved, and you're going to heaven, and you belong to Him, and you're one of His. But your Christian experience isn't even half of what God intends for it to be. If that's you today, and you want some prayer to be restored back into the confidence that is before the Lord, I, I encourage you to come forward and receive prayer this morning then there's a group of people here today I would suspect that need to be restored back to the promises of God. I mean, there's somebody here today where there's been promise spoken over your life. God has said things to you. He's declared things to you. And you've just not seen the fulfillment of it. And it's been years since that word was spoken to you. And you're wondering to yourself right here today, does that promise still apply? Does it Does it have a shelf life? At some time, does that promise that was spoken over my life years ago, does it go away? And to the people of God in exile, they had to wait 70 years to see the fulfillment of a promise. But God said, while you're waiting, don't forget me. There are some of you here today that need to step back into that promise, that word that God spoke over your life that you've been feeling a little discouraged because it just doesn't seem to be coming to pass. It just doesn't seem to be working. And all you need this morning is someone to come up and, and agree with you that that word was the word of the Lord over your life and that you're just gonna step back into it, that that in 2021, you're gonna go back to it, maybe maybe go back to uh, you know, the prophetic word that was spoken over your life, the thing that was spoken over your life. I, I remember that there was a prophetic word that was spoken to Joan and I yesterday years and years ago when we first got saved and, and Joan can confirm this that, that here we are these, we, we're these two young hippies that just got saved and, and we went to this, this Christian camp where there was this speaker from, I think it was from England or something like that, he had some kind of an accent okay and he calls us out and he looks at these two young married kids that don't know anything about anything about anything to do with the Lord and he says, I'm raising you up in order that through your marriage you might begin to speak into the lives of others and encourage them that they might grow and be all that I desire for them to be. And that's what he said to us. Remember that, Joan? It was, it was us. And Joan looks at me and I look at her and we're like, what is that? We really didn't know. We didn't know what to do with it. We didn't know how to work it out. We went to our pastor at the time, who was Joan's father, and I say his name, he's my father-in-law, and so I have the privilege of just not having him as my pastor, but as my father-in-law, and so I said, John, what the heck does that mean? I've never experienced the prophetic word over my life, and he goes, it's the promise of God for you, Chris, and I said, so what do I do about it? He says, Nothing. I went, what? What do you mean I do nothing about it? There's got to be something I have to do to make this thing happen. And he goes, no, there's nothing. He just said he's going to do it through you. So why don't you just wait? And I looked at him and I said, John, I'm not good at waiting. Waiting bugs me. Hello, anybody with me? So I said, when God says something, then you have to wait? And he goes, yeah, well, here's what I did. I waited so long, I forgot about it. Now watch, and about, I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, Joan and I are sitting with a group of pastors, and they're all discouraged, except Joan and I. Joan and I are there with smiles on our face, we're enjoying the fellowship, but they're all discouraged. And their marriages are in upheavals and and all of this. And Joan and I left that meeting and I said, Joan, what do you take from that meeting? And Joan looks at me. She goes, we've got to do something. We've got to help those couples. We've got to step in and, and we've got to start working on a solution to the problem. And we've got to ask God to help us. And so we dove in. Still, we hadn't made the connection yet so we did we started coming up with our own ideas our own thoughts of what this might look like stuff like this and we said well what if we what if we put together retreats where we could bring ministries uh couples in ministry out to these retreats and and we pay uh you know all of their expenses and they get a week to be alone just with god and with one another maybe that would help restore their marriages and restore their situations and joan goes that sounds like a great idea, let's do that. And I'm like, but who's going to pay for it? It's a great idea, but who's going to pay for it? Now watch this. So he said, I don't know. And still, we had not made the connection. So I'm online, and I'm just trying to find out, is anybody else doing this, that I might learn from them how to actually do this. Now, God had given us the promise, and I'm looking for someone else to teach me how. Are you, are you tracking with me? And so I call this ministry down in Dallas. I'm sorry for this long story, but I just want to show you how sometimes we can lose sight of the promise of God. And I call them up and I said, hey, this is what my wife and I are thinking about doing. And, and I realize that you're already doing it to some extent. And uh, could I over the phone just pick your brain for a little bit and, um, and just uh, find out how to start, how to get this moving? Never met this guy before. And I'm just talking to him on the phone. He's never met me. And he goes, well, he says, we could do that. Or he said, at my expense, I could fly you down to Dallas, Texas, so that you could meet with a group of other people who have the same idea that you have. And we could brainstorm together about what God is doing in this hour to restore couples in ministry. And then at the end of two or three days, we'll pay for all of your expenses. We'll put you up in a hotel, rent a car, we'll pay for it. And then at the end of that, as you're walking out the door, we'll give you $10,000 to get started. This actually happened. We've actually been doing it for now three years. Am I right, John? And it wasn't until we were flying home after all of that that Joan looks at me and she goes, was the promise of the Lord way back there when the prophet said to two young kids I'm gonna raise you up and use you to minister to couples in trouble and the ten grand was just the icing on the cake are you tracking with me anybody catching something here now have you lost sight of the promise of God over your life There are some of you who are about to give up something that God has said He's going to do in your life, and you want to give up on it simply maybe because you've forgotten that He spoke it, or you just don't ever think it's going to come to pass. And I want to just declare to you today that if you want prayer for the restoration of the promise of God in your life, make your way to the front today so that we can pray for you. So you're either up here because you want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, You're either up here because you want to just be restored to confidence in your walk with God because you've kind of lost sight of just how you've been walking with God recently and you don't have that zeal and that fervor that you just want. I I believe today what God's going to do is He's going to meet with some of you and some of you are going to have your first love relationship with Jesus restored powerfully, mightily, mightily in your life. And then Hopefully some of you are coming because there is a promise that has been spoken over your life and you've lost track of it somehow or the enemy has discouraged you somehow. And I just want to say to you today, today I believe what God wants to do is he wants to move right in and restore that promise right back to you. Because you see, if God speaks it over your life, there's only one person that can short circuit it, and it's you. And I guarantee you that if you will put your hope and your trust and your faith back in God, that promise has not gone anywhere. It's just waiting there for you to move into fulfillment as God has planned for it to do. So we've got people, we're going to close with a song. We've got people up here who are going to pray with you. If some of you want to come up and pray with people, you've got friends up here that you want to just come and join with and pray over, we encourage you to do that. Um, But I'm going to close in prayer. The worship team is going to just begin to sing and there's going to be people who are going to move amongst you that are up front and they're just going to pray with you and over you. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness over our lives right now, here today. And Jesus, I ask that, Lord, you would work powerfully in all of our lives to remember how to not only receive the promises of God, but appropriate the promises of God in and upon our lives. So, Jesus, as we just give ourselves to you and we give our hearts to you today, may you be glorified in the midst of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, just. Remain right where you are until someone has come and prayed with you and prayed over you. And just as they come up, would you just tell them why you're there? What it is that you're responding to so that people can minister the word of the Lord to you. God bless you. And those of you who feel a release, you can be released. Or you can stay and worship with the rest of us. Go ahead. amen and amen we hope this message has encouraged and challenged you in your walk with god today again this podcast is a resource of zion fellowship spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, new york if you'd like to learn more about us find us at our website at zionfellowship.net or find us on facebook and instagram also feel free to give us a call at 585-394-7450 blessings to you as you continue in your day